So today is a unique Sunday um, in that, as you could probably already tell, it's not uh, the typical hymns that we're reading and definitely not the typical readings uh, that we're reading. Um, and that's because today we are still celebrating what we did, celebrated Friday night. Okay, so what we celebrated Friday night was the Feast of Epiphany, right, the baptism of Christ. Um, and we're still actually celebrating. This is one of the major feasts in the church. So in the church we have like seven major feasts, some minor feasts as well. This is one of the major feasts, the baptism of Christ. And we celebrated for two days. Okay, so we celebrated technically Saturday and Sunday, but for Saturday we pray Friday night. And here we are Sunday, and we're still reading about the baptism of Christ. Two things I want to highlight um, before we kind of just dive into today's sermon. Um, one is that nothing that Christ did in his life is for show. Okay, sometimes we read like the gospel about um, Jesus being baptized, and we think like this is like, and rightfully so we say like this is the beginning of his public ministry. Sure, but he went to like the wilderness after that for 40 days. So it would be a strange way to start your public ministry and then go into the wilderness. Um, nothing Christ does is for show. It's not like a marketing strategy. Okay, This is not like we're not running you know, a corporation here. Um, so nothing Christ does is for show, and nothing we do in the church is for show. So everything has an effect on us. Um, and that's why we say in the hymns and things like that that he was baptized and saved us. Baptized, like when we think about like all, all the things that we say, like he was born and he saved us. And we say, okay, Jesus came to us, born and saved us. Jesus was crucified for us and saved us. Those we understand. But baptism is the same exact way. It has like a real essential meaning to our salvation. That's why also when we pray the liturgy of the water, when we pray that on Friday night, um, that has a real effect on us as well. Because it's a sacrament, like it's, we're performing still a sacrament in the church. Everything is sacramental. So nothing we're doing is for show. Nothing is for, we're doing is like for dramatic effect. Okay, that's kind of the starting point before we dive in here. All that being said, if I was to ask you, what exactly does Christ accomplish for us in his baptism, what would you say? Like Christ being born, we get. Like Christ becoming man, kind of makes sense. Christ dying on the cross definitely makes sense. Christ rising from the dead makes sense. Giving us the Holy Spirit makes sense. Baptism. When Christ is baptized... How does that make any sense? If you remember the way the baptisms were happening with St. John, St. John was preaching a message of repentance. So people accepted this message of repentance, and a lot of people went to St. John. Okay, a lot of people went to St. John, and that's why later on when the Pharisees are questioning Jesus, remember they question Jesus and ask him a question, and his, he responds back with a question, and he says what? He says, if... I'll answer your question if you answer my question, right? Jesus pulled a fast one on them. I'll answer your question if you answer my question. And he asked them, where was the baptism of John from? Was it from heaven or was it from man? And what did the people say? What did the Pharisees say? They don't answer. Why? Because they knew people believed in him. They knew people believed that John was something special. That the message of repentance that he, that he was preaching was a real thing. So a lot of people went to John the Baptist. So people went to John the Baptist. They were confessing their sins. They were repentant. And they were participating in this like spiritual cleansing in the in uh, baptism. That makes sense. Why does Christ go and be baptized? Like when Christ approaches Saint John, what sin did he confess? Answers nothing. Okay, he didn't confess any sin. So Jesus is going to John, and John's like, I don't know what to do here. Okay, this is kind of like an awkward moment, and he's saying, No, go ahead and baptize me anyways. One thing we know for sure. Is that God is revealing to us who he is. Okay, so this is what we also call this feast, the Feast of Theophany. Okay, because it's the appearance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that right off the bat is God is revealing to us the Holy Trinity, who he is. But in addition to that, 
God is doing something. This has an effect, again, on our salvation. If you think back to the story of, of Adam, and we call Christ like the second Adam. When Adam sinned, it wasn't merely like just punishment. Sometimes we think like he sinned, and now there's punishment. Okay. But he sinned, and what happens when we sin, when Adam sinned, is that there is a disconnect. If you're connected to the source of life, and then you disconnect from the source of life, now you have death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. So when Adam sins, what happens is he's disconnected from life. So what Christ is doing here is he's trying to restore that life back in humanity. He's trying to reverse everything that humanity ruined to begin with. When man is in communion with God, they have the breath of life. His life is within him. When man is disconnected from God, there's nothing there. So now that God comes and restores all these things in us, and what this, what he's doing for us is that he's making us, like Jesus is the son of God by nature, he's making us the son of, sons and daughters of God by adoption, okay, or by grace. There's probably a million more layers to baptism that we're not going to get into today, but that's just kind of like an overarching theme of like what Christ is accomplishing. Because I never want us to approach any feast in the church of like, okay, Christ did that, it's nice, I don't really get it, like what's the point? No, there is something happening here, and it affects everything. Like without this, we could not be baptized. Without this, our baptism, we would not be able to receive the Holy Spirit. So something special is happening today. The reason that Christ is doing all this, like we say, and, and right again, rightfully so, when we think of salvation, we think salvation equals forgiveness of sins. Right? Like we say, when I hear the word salvation, forgiveness of sins, redemption, forgiveness of sins. Yes, that's part of it, but that's not the whole story. Imagine, like, I have two kids at home. Imagine if my love for my kids or my relationship with my kids was only based on forgiving them when they made a mistake. Okay, and some of us are like, that is kind of our relationship. Okay, that's not the right way. Okay, but imagine that every time, like, the way that I just, the only way I explain love to my kids is they make a mistake and I say, I forgive you. And they make another mistake and they come and say, I forgive you. And they make a mistake again and say, I forgive you. And that was the extent of our relationship. That was what we call love. Would you be content with that kind of love? Would a child, you think, be content with that kind of parenting love? Some of us will say, forgiveness sounds fantastic. Okay, but let's just, in theory here, we're all forgiving. Would, would a parent say, that's all I want to give my child. All I want to give my child in this world is my forgiveness. Would any of us say that? There's so much more to the depth and love of God than forgiveness. Like, we need forgiveness and not, like, minimizing forgiveness. But there's so much more. So God looks at us and corrupt and prone to corruption, prone to death, prone to sin, prone to all those things. And he says, I'm coming to reverse all of that. I want to reverse all of that. But it's not just I want to get you back to a net zero. That's sometimes how we think. I want to get you back to a net zero. No, I don't want to get you back to a net zero. I want to forgive... But then I want to make you something great. To say it another way, and it sounds weird, God wants to glorify us. I know that sounds weird, like we say we glorify God. God wants to glorify us. That's very humbling when you put it in that, in that like when you think about it that way. That God wants to make me and you something very, very special. That he's not content, if, like he's not content that his children just get forgiveness and then that's it. The same way we wouldn't be with our kids. That we want to give them so much more. I don't know if that's me. Anybody else who? Yeah. 
static? Okay. Maybe it's just down right here. You guys hear it? Let me grab one of those mics. Sorry. Sorry. ADD. I don't know. So God doesn't want to just, again, God doesn't want to just give us forgiveness. He wants to give us something more, more than that. So all that is great. That's why we're receiving the Feast of Epiphany. And we're saying, man, we received a lot. That's fantastic. But what about now? How can I participate in this feast, right? Like this is a two-day feast. What am I supposed to be doing? Especially like the remainder of this liturgy today. What, I want, what, do, what do I need to focus on? You know, whenever we do like, especially adult baptisms, whenever we do adult baptisms, I'm sure when it gets this as well, is people come up to us and say, that is so nice. That is so powerful. Can I please be baptized again? And my answer is always with a grin, no, okay? <laughs> the answer is no, you cannot be baptized again. Baptism is a one-time deal. But, the, and the reason, and it's actually like from a good place, is because we were so moved by what baptism is and the prayers of baptism, and it's so beautiful. That I want to be baptized, I want to experience this again. Epiphany is actually the closest you get to that. Epiphany is the closest thing you get to a second baptism. It's not quite there, but the closest thing you get to a second baptism. Because what epiphany is, is it's a chance to renew my vows. Okay, you guys, I know we don't have that tradition in the Catholic Church, but it's, it's a cute tradition, I love it, okay? It's a chance to renew your vows. It's a chance to look back and say, man, remember when my relationship with God, like when God kindled something in my heart, and God did something special, and I had that fire, I had that zeal. Remember that? God, I want to renew my vows again. Or maybe, you know what, I haven't gotten quite there. God, I want to commit a little bit more. Maybe there wasn't in the past, but God, I want to commit a little bit more. Renewing our vows with God, that's what today's all about. Today's a chance for us to say, you know what? I want to draw closer to God. I want to reconnect with God. I want to let go of certain things. I want to try to do something different. The epiphany to me, Sherry and I joke about this, is that everybody does their New Year's goal like early in January because you guys are good people, okay? We wait until epiphany, okay? We wait until epiphany. Because to me, epiphany is like the spiritual New Year, okay? It's a renewing of the vows. It's, and then also like we're just busy from you know this time, but we're just going to spiritualize it. But it's a, it's a renewing of the vows. It's, this is a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time where Jesus is restoring humanity. He's restarting everything again. Okay, this is the first thing. He's restarting before he does anything. He's restarting everything again. And it's for us to look at Jesus and say, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being such a loving father. You give me forgiveness. And that, that would be more than enough. But you give me more and more and more. You want to glorify me. And I want to recommit. I want to renew my vows. The question is, how do we do that? If it's about remembering our baptism, which a lot of us, let's say, we were, if you were baptized in the church at, at a very young age, you probably don't remember much, okay? But when we experience baptisms, when we pray baptisms, and when we experience epiphany, how do I renew my vows? This is a spiritual new year. For all the goals that you've had, hopefully you've added some spiritual goals in there. But the first thing before I renew anything is I have to reflect. I have to reflect on where my spiritual life fits, the state of my spiritual life. One of the things that we say, and basically the theme of baptism, is you are putting away the old and taking on the new. I'm putting away the old and I'm taking on the new. How am I doing that? In this past year, was there anything old that crept in that I need to get rid of again? In this upcoming year, what is the new thing that I want to do? How is there going to be a new way that I display my love to God? So that's the first thing, as I reflect. 
The second thing is what the people did, repentance and confession. And we throw out repentance and confession. Here's what confession is not. Okay, sometimes people come in and, and to confession, and we have this very legalistic mindset of confession. That is not confession in Orthodox Church. Confession in Orthodox Church is not uh, uh, legalistic. It's medicinal. It's healing. Okay, so confession in the Orthodox Church is not, here are all the things I'm doing wrong. Great, can I take communion now? That's not really the right approach. Okay? And sometimes we say things like, well, now I'm worthy to take communion. No, you're never worthy. Okay, nobody's ever worthy to take communion. But what confession is in the church is that I come and I say, Lord, I want to be more like you. I know the way that you call me to live is actually the best way. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I get stubborn. Sometimes I think my way is the better way. But Lord, I'm coming to you saying, I accept your way. I don't want just my way. I accept your way. And help me live according to your way. So I reflect on where I'm at. I practice repentance and confession in this way by recommitting my life to God. And then the third thing, and this is a big thing, is that I say, you know what? This year, I'm all in with the family of God. We talk about baptism as being adopted into the family of God. That's something we say a lot. Adopted into the family of God. Adopted into the family of God. Adopted into the family of God isn't just a nice phrase. It means that now I am an active person, an active participant in the church, in the body of Christ. Imagine with me that tomorrow, or hopefully after some more thinking, I decide, Sherry and I decide, that we're going to adopt a child into our family. And you say, wow, that's a glorious event. It's fantastic. Thanks be to God. You're going to adopt a child. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now imagine this adopted child comes into my house, looks around, and say, thank you so much for adopting me into your house. Walks out of the house, and I never see the child again. What would you say? How, how successful was that adoption process? What would you say? Not very successful. Not very successful. Why? One, they're not living in the house. They're not living in the house. They're not under the protection of the house. Two, they're not, they're not maximizing the benefits of the things that are in the house. Like, hey, child, I, I have food for you. Like, I'm, I'm willing to like give you the food. I'm willing to give you the water. I'm willing to give you the, the shelter. I'm willing to give you love. I'm willing to give you protection. I'm willing to give you all these things. But you just walked out. There's nothing there. For me, one of the hardest things that I see is one, for sure, people that are completely disconnected from the church, okay? Because I believe there's something very special here. But also on top of that, it's not just being disconnected from the church. It's when we come to church kind of you know, without really thinking, just part of the routine, whatever, I come, something I do on Sunday, leave as fast as I can, come as late as I can. I don't like it. I'm preaching the choir here, okay? You guys all made it for the sermon, so good for you. But, but truthfully, there's something special in the church. God gave us the church. So it's not just like, again, a marketing thing. Like, I'm not marketing strategy. I don't need to sell you anything. I'm saying this is, this is where it's at. This is, this, is the, this is the place to be. This is the place to be. This is where all the benefits are. We're celebrating today the depth of the love of God for us. The depth of the love of God for us. That he wasn't content with saying, like if Jesus was just content with us receiving forgiveness and, and defeating, even defeating death. Again, another great thing. If he was just content with that, the cross. Baptism, we don't need baptism. But Jesus says, no, I want to put my spirit inside of you. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be something great. So today... My prayer is that as we are approaching today's liturgy, is that we are renewing our vows with God.
Today is about renewing our vows with God. Today I'm asking myself, where am I at in my spiritual life? The old and the new. Assessing the old and the new. Have I put away the old and accepted the new? Where am I in my spiritual life? Am I practicing repentance and confession? And if I am practicing them, how, how am I doing it? Is it just, again, a legalistic mindset? Or is it, no, I want to be more like Christ. And I know I'm fallen. I know I'm, I'm flawed. And I know all those things. But I'm really trying, Lord, help me. And finally, am I participating fully in, into and integrated fully into the family of God? Because this is where everything is. If we're adopted into the family of God, let's take the benefits of being adopted into the family of God as well. I know that God, and, and Jesus especially today, when, when John... When Jesus approaches John and John is in shock, St. John is saying, I can't baptize you. He says, trust me, this is actually not for me. It's for everybody else. You're part of something special, St. John. You're part of something great. But I'm going to do a great, great work. Baptism and receiving forgiveness of sins is fantastic. But I'm going to do something even greater than people could even imagine. So today is us saying thank you to God. Just gratitude and love. And thank you so much for the depth of your love. And also help us renew our vows and be committed to you every single day of our lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen.